Welcome to All In, a podcast where business owners share their stories of being all in with Jesus Christ. Candace May Gruber, welcome to the All In podcast. It's good to have you here. I'm glad to be here, Mike. Thanks for inviting me. You're a CEO, and, and tell us a little bit about your business. I am CEO. Nice. Christ Executive Officer is Training and Services. So I, it's, um, I deal with careers in leadership and helping people evolve and mature in their leadership style and as well as developing their teams. I do some workflow and system analysis. I have over 20 years in IT and project management, dealing with different um, cross-functional teams. And so working with people and the dynamics of teams are essential, but helping people identify workflow challenges and uh, getting the right systems in place uh, is a real good skill set of mine. So I, I offer that as well. Great, great. Well, tell me a little bit about uh, your journey. You're growing up and, and uh, how, uh, how you came to Christ and, and what your walk is uh, with the Lord. Interesting. Well, I grew up in Michigan, a suburb of Detroit, Warren, Michigan. Uh, I'm the youngest of five children. My father's the youngest of 14, and my mom was an only child. So it was quite uh, a polarized environment. Um, my dad was from the South. Both of my parents have passed now. And so uh, my mom was a school teacher, very educated, had a master's degree. And my father didn't get past the third grade. Wow. Wow. <laughs> so you see a lot of contrast here. My mom says she was the one who taught my dad how to, how to read and write, right? how to really uh, do all of that. So, um, but my dad has, some be- has beautiful property in Georgia that we've inherited. Um, would love to do some kind of leadership retreat center down there eventually, if, if that's in the Lord's plans. Um, but I grew up in a Wesley Methodist church. And while my mom and dad didn't go to church with us every week, we, the five of us kids, or three of us, the youngest, walked down to the church every week. I learned to play the organ at the church and piano. And um, I went to vacation Bible school every summer. I was in a church choir. Wow. I was a, a leader in the youth lead in the in the youth group. That was nice. Um, I remember one of the one of the the leaders of the youth group said, "Candace, you're a natural leader. Uh, people are drawn to you. You kind of take initiative there and make things happen." So that was kind of encouraging to hear at an early age. Uh, but uh, a Wesley Methodist church wasn't necessarily. Um, they had very very strong doctrine that we followed and I joined the church and it was all all about the process. It wasn't really about Jesus per se, a relationship with Jesus. So when I was in junior high, um, 1976, I believe, I came to know the Lord in a more personal way when I attended an international uh, interdenominational church with my older sister. And it was such a loving church, and we really dove deep into the meat of a faith and what it meant and baptism in the Holy Spirit and all of that. People spoke in tongues. It was a quite, quite a dynamic church. I loved it and grew very close to the Lord. And there were some girls in school, and we would do our own Bible study at school as well. Um, my mom, we invited her because we wanted her to experience this wonderful experience, right? Right. And brought right. her brother and everything. 
my mom was scared to death. She didn't understand the tongues and all of that. And it was evil. And I don't want you going to this church and you can't do this. And so it was a real struggle for me because my older sister was old enough to go on her own. You know, mom couldn't really tell her no, but not me. I was still a youth. So I really had to study the scriptures quite, quite deep and deep. Like, what do I do, Lord? You know, you don't want me to you want me to obey my parents, but you, you know, but I also want to follow you. So how do I balance this out? So that's when I, I found Colossians 3.20, um, where it, it tells children to really uh, honor your parents and, and, and so forth, and God will bless you. And so I said, okay, Lord, if this is really what you want, then I need you to watch over me and keep me safe until uh, the time comes that I can worship you on my own the way I want to. And I'll be the quote normal girl that my mother wanted. And um, so life happened and that's what happened. And then in 1985, I had, I was in California and I had my oldest daughter and the Lord found me. My daughter ended up with meningitis and was in the hospital. And um, that's a story in and of itself, but God met me in that moment. Uh, the, The most interesting thing, I came out of the hospital And my car's radio station was on a Christian radio station, which I did not have it on. (laughs) And I was like, okay, this is the Lord. He's here and he's calling me back. So he was with me and helped me um, during that time with my daughter's health. And I've been walking with him ever since. Great. That's awesome. That's awesome. So tell me a little bit about your business and um, how did you get into doing your own business? I wanted to have my own business for as far back as I can remember. I believe I was um, first given a vision in my early 20s from the Lord to do um, work with other other women and business people. But specifically at that time, it was helping women and children and getting into uh, their direction and purpose of their life and so forth. Um, since then, I, I have... Uh, evolved my own career, bachelor's degree, master's degree, um, leadership training, uh, a lot of working with John Maxwell uh, back in the late 90s, early 2000s. I was in his uh, um, mentorship program uh, before the John Maxwell team existed. And then uh, he started the Maxwell team in 2011. I didn't actually join it until 2016. And that is a, a big movement. Uh, value-based leadership principles put into place to help people develop their own personal lives or to take these principles and tools into a corporate environment to bring leadership and guidance and and team development into the corporate world or for entrepreneurs. There's uh, many people who join the team who are, have their own businesses and they, they, take the material and use it in their own companies. I use it as um, tools to support companies and entrepreneurs and uh, kind of niching into women in leadership to help them develop their own skills and leadership. Of course, value-based being biblically-based principles. Right. That's great. So tell me a little bit about some of your challenges with what you have going on on two levels. One, uh, obviously doing Christian business, but two, also as a woman. Um, and, and you know, there's, I know there's two different dynamics going on that have been hard in business. And uh, wh- how have you seen that evolve? Is it evolving? What, what could you kind of 
give some insight into those two things? Women in leadership is definitely evolving. Uh, it's come a long way since um, the 70s, 80s. Uh, it's got a long way to go. Uh, women uh, are hard on themselves. They usually have uh, a large responsibility at home uh, with their families and their children, uh, elderly parents, balancing all of it and the career place. Uh, there still is uh, a lot of instances where the women seem to be given the family responsibilities above and beyond the men and the men can focus on their their employment and their careers specifically. Uh, men naturally have evolved to mentor each other. They have strong groups. I don't see that quite as much with the Unfortunately, I, we're changing that. We're, we're setting that up. We're building communities for women in leadership so that they can have that strong foundation. They can begin to mentor each other instead of, uh, you know, every, every woman for her own, right? Um, so that's something I really look forward to, uh, getting more involved with women groups to get them, uh, the business foundation that they need. That's great. And what about, uh, being a Christian and going into all these different corporate, um, settings and, and obviously some may be Christian, some may not. Um, what are some of the challenges you've had in that level? Uh, just having your faith and, and doing what you do because you're helping a lot of people. That's a great question. I, when I started my business, you know, I, I, first of all, my bachelor's degree was from California Baptist University, was California Baptist College back in the day. And I took an, uh, business administration, accounting, and entrepreneurship. And there was a, a course, everything had to be based in biblical principles. You had to do every, didn't matter if it was accounting, you had to do papers with the biblical resources and so forth. And there was a course we took, and there was a book called God Owns My Business. And I said, well, when I get ready to open my business, God owns my business. That's just the way it's going to be. Um, and he's going he's gonna to be in charge. Well, Fast forward 2008, I decide it's time to open my business or, or lets me know it's time to open my business. And I start to struggle. How am I bringing my faith into my business? How much is God running my business? How much in the day? -to -day? And if I want to itch with Christian companies, can I do that? <laughs> right, right. With right. everybody, you know? And, um, and if I'm working with everybody, uh, how am I bringing my faith forward? Am I am I advertising that I'm I'm Christian leadership, or am I just advertising leadership? Because really, truly, strong leadership is based on foundational principles that apply in all areas. Mm -hmm. uh, in college, we were taught there's no such thing as business ethics. There's just ethics, right? So. Uh, if you've got the strong value, you realize how, what those values look like and you're living them every day, then that embraces your whole life. Once, when I was some people and they'd ask me to come on, on a, a podcast and share it, uh, one, one group says, don't, don't go into religion or anything. And I said, well, I'm going to have to share my life. And if you want me to share my life, it's going to include my faith. And it's not a religion, it's a relationship. And so I had this, this term, CEOs.com, 
Christ uh, Executive Officers uh, Institute was fabulous in helping me get back into how was God going to help me define my business? How is God going to run my business? How am I going to connect with the Holy Spirit every day in every way and ask, give me a divine appointment, Lord? What is it that you want? The one thing that you want me to work on today, this week, this month, and really focus on that. So that's, it's been a process. Yeah, that's and that's not an easy one anymore in today's climate. Uh, being a Christian in business, for sure. You know, you you got to watch uh, watch a lot of uh, p's and q's there. You know, which was really fabulous about AC CEOs Institute. It may have been in module two, um, like sixteen week modules, or maybe they're a little longer. Um, and in module two, I think it is they they come up at the point that in business. Uh, people talk about the um, business conscious, society conscious business, right? Doing the, the um, uh, whatever is the society. And then they contrast with that with how do you take building God's kingdom on earth as it is in heaven right. versus a community conscious, you know, society conscious. What is the contrast there? There is a huge difference if you really stop to think about it. Yeah, there really is. Huge. Now, tell me a little bit, how how did you come about finding JCCO's group? That's a great question, too. I was actually um, on LinkedIn and going into different groups that I belong to, and one is CEO's. And I was posting for an advertisement for Live to Lead, which is a huge leadership conference. Happens every October that John Maxwell does with significant leaders and I was posting about this event when I saw uh, jceos.com a windows of heaven uh, offering to enroll into the bible study an online bible course uh, to take your business to the next level in your faith which was extremely interesting because I had been praying for several months saying lord I really need to find that book I did way back when in college for God owns my business I really need to understand what is it, Lord, that you want me to, um, to do? Am I in the right, the right arena? You know, am I am I niching into the right area? Uh, how should I be spending every day? And it was interesting because I was doing Facebook Lives once a week. And every time in the beginning, I would have a topic and I was going to speak. And I get up, do my start speaking on my Facebook live and all of a sudden I was going in my faith. Faith just kept coming up and kept coming up. And I said, Lord, what is going on? Yeah. <laughs> What's going on? I thought I was going to just do this, just this. And then you took this and added all this. <laughs> that's, that's wonderful. Now, um, when, when you first engaged uh, JCCCOs, is it, what hit you that was different about them? Find the website, check it out, enroll, and start doing the assignments. Nobody bothered me. Nobody called me. Um, they have an opportunity where you can uh, do all the exercises online. Uh, yeah. What do you, What is your belief? You know, journaling what you understood. What is your belief? 
um, what is your declaration in this and how are you going to boldly declare this uh, belief that you have in you to your life and then a prayer. And so I go through this every week and I, they have a book that you can buy for module one, but you don't find out about the book until several weeks in. So I was doing all my, my work online and I'm like, I wonder who gets a copy of this. <laughs> my thoughts, you know, <laughs> and um yeah, so then I actually went out and to LinkedIn and looked for Lee Ray Heine, who is the yep. one who does the, uh, he's the founder and does the lessons. I, I have referred the uh, institute to several clients of mine and, and people I know. Um, I think it's great because one, one particular person is got a strong heart for the Lord, but doesn't have a strong education and he wanted to start a business. And I really wasn't able to help him where he's at in life, but I, I referred him to this institute because he wants it. He's working with a nonprofit foundation that he's created and so forth. And I said, why don't you get into this institute? It's free. You can work through the process. It'll deepen your faith. You'll begin to get some of the answers that you're looking for. And then we can touch bases a little further down the line and see how things are going. And um, he's like, well, I don't know, you know, about, you know, book smarts and all of that stuff. I said, listen, the lessons are on video. Leroy Heine is a pastor. He's, he's blessed with the Holy Spirit. He's, you know, prophesying, giving information directly from the Bible. It's, it's, really something you can comprehend and dig right into you don't have to fear not being able to you know comprehend something right so it's been a, a really great tool great great so um now in module one you go through a personal consecration you uh you did a great job you know you sent it to me and you uh, uh, just a just a beautiful one, and I wanted to read just a part of it and um, kind of get your thoughts on it. And you said, um, "I, Candace May Gruber, hereby create a personal covenant between God and me to live as an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ habitually. As an authentic disciple of Jesus Christ, I will habitually live in self-sacrificial life, abiding by the living person of Jesus Christ." I am baptized with power. I am a disciple who lives uh, exponentially, uh, uh, yeah, uh, lifestyle in communion with the Holy Spirit, manifesting mighty acts of love, faith, gifts, and signs confirming my discipleship. Communion is my participation with the presence of the Holy Spirit as he manifests the spirit of Jesus Christ in my mortal flesh. So when you wrote that, I mean, that's, that's powerful. When you wrote that, what was kind of going through your mind? Obviously you go in a little bit deeper, but um, just to give people an idea, what got you to that point? Well, I have a very strong relationship with the Lord. Even as a youth, I, I got the book, uh, Practicing the Presence of God. And so early on as a youth, I started dialoguing with God all day all day, all the time. So when people say, you know, are you praying? Well, yeah, I, I pray all the time. I have official prayer, but I'm talking all day with God. You know, it's just a, just the habit that goes on. So I never really feel alone. I, he's always with me. And um, I said, I started my business in 2018. And um, it's interesting. I had my home uh, with my, my youngest son, my, my, all three children I have are grown and out of the house now. But at that time, I had a home with my youngest son. 
he was a senior in high school and I was in my bedroom and I heard a very strong voice say, you won't be here. I said, what? Who said that? I had to turn around and look because it was so clear and so strong. And I thought I was going to retire in that home. I had remodeled and done a lot of, a lot of upkeep, which is one of my favorite things to do, remodeling homes and decorating. So, um, then it evolved with my job working at that time at the University of California, Riverside, and I was a full-time employee. Uh, it had been about eight years, and I, my husband decided to leave. Um, before he left, I had uh, an uh, a situation at work where they had uh, a supervisor come in and take the department, and he was a horrific person. He was uh, toxic. He was literally a bully. And we had over 35 people like, just depart from this department. It was horrific how he was treating people. He even had a meeting with the staff where he played a video that showed double standards, like do, do as I do and not as I say. I couldn't believe he actually put this in the video, like in a meeting, the, the audacity. Uh, and he didn't seem to understand the two-way communication cycle either. He would speak and say, you got a problem. You're not understanding what I'm saying. Well, when somebody's not understanding what you're saying, the problem is with the person who's communicating. It's a two-way cycle. You know, you say, make sure they understand, and you come back and forth until, until it's full. So there were some really strong leadership challenges there. But in that process... I um, was the cheerleader for the team, trying to keep everybody positive, uh, contacted HR, uh, and, and actually had to put into a grievance uh, and recommend some, you had to cite policy, and then you had to make recommendations on what you think would fix the situation. So I did 360 evaluations, a certain kind of trainings and all that happened, and, and they were surprised that um, the leadership was surprised that uh, this happened that I had such strong documentation for it and had made such great recommendations for training. So there was a huge shift of training requirements that had to come into play. He did end up leaving the university, but the bring, I, I bring that up because at the time I needed to get out of that department to prevent retaliation. So I took another opportunity with implementing a system, but I became a contract employee in the process of doing that. But they said, you know, you'll, you can get hired. You, you'll be back. We're going to fill it. So it didn't work out that way. I never would have taken a contract position if I were single, but I was married to a CIO of an international company and it didn't really matter. So uh, when my husband decided to leave, I was suddenly found myself a single woman with a contract position. I said, wow, this is, this is a predicament I never would have put myself in. So, but there I was. And um, when, when the contract came to an end, uh, they carried me over for like three months, but they had a huge shift and uh, departments merging. And when they merged, uh, there were like 12 of us that decided we're good, we're going to part and my contract was up. And so I was one of them and they had just did a huge shift like that maybe 90 days before where they let 35 people go. So this was not, you know, something we weren't expecting, but the day that it happened, they didn't give us any warning. I'd come in, I'd seen an appointment show up on my calendar in the, in the afternoon. And I just knew that this is going to be what it is. And so I was 
had total peace. I'd been walking around the campus and just reflecting on all the blessings of the years of being there. And when it, when it came down, I had total peace. I wasn't upset. I, I was happy and I went off to home and the Lord said, this is your time. I was 55 at the time. And my, um, my husband used to say, you're going to retire at 55 so we can travel and do all these things. And so here I was 55. And I said, wow, if I'm 55 and I was supposed to retire, according to my husband, <laughs> this is the time I'm going to start my business. I have to start it now because if it's not now, when will it be? So that's how my business started uh, in 2018. Uh, I, God was in the midst of all of it. Uh, I went back to tell you I was in my living bedroom when I heard him say, you won't be here anymore. And that's um, kind of launched a whole shift in process because uh, it was a few months later that I was uh, laid off and then began my business and then, yes, I did decide to sell my home so I could take all those funds and, and live on those as uh, to getting started and launching my business. And I also found that all of my desires and passions had completely shifted from material things and having, you know, the hostess with the mostest. I, I didn't really want all of that stuff anymore. My kids were grown. I provided a home for them and all that they needed. And if I was going to focus on my business, I didn't need all of that. I could downsize. I could really put my energy and efforts into the Lord's work. And that's how I see my, my company. I see it as the Lord's work, uh, bringing leadership and guidance to people in their lives and purpose and, and bringing more guidance and in, into business so that there aren't bullies in the business environment. There, there isn't, um, and there's more cohesiveness there's more connection uh the strength of communication i believe every team is as strong as the weakest link so if you're going to build a team you're going to have to work with individuals in that team and when they get stronger you're not only building them in your business which is going to make your business stronger you're going to take all of that those skills that they learn home with them so their relationships are going to get stronger in their marriages and with their children, when their community, when they're working and volunteering in the community, a huge ripple that just reaches out further. So investing in yourself and in your employees is really investing in your business. But beyond that, you're investing in lives, building. If you're, if you're focused on God and, and relationships, and, and being an example and, and encouraging others to grow in faith as well, giving those signs and miracles in your life that they can see, they'll be called and pulled in to uh, a relationship with the Lord. And so there's ripple effects and that's how we build the kingdom of God. Amen. Amen. So it sounds like, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, when you got to the company consecration, um, did you find that easy for you or, or how did that weigh on you at all? Oh, it's quite funny. An interesting thing happened. I did the personal consecration, which made absolute sense. I had no problem with that. I'd been walking with the Lord over 35 years and uh, I was already committed to him. I was all in. I had was walking by faith. Uh, I, I never thought I would sell my home. That was my, you know, my, my pride and joy. And so I was in total different space, but feeling very confident that the Lord was providing. And um, I was also in a two-week meditation retreat 
so I was did my consecration, personal consecration about three days later, I had a massive stroke in December, December 9th. Wow. And that was shocking because I woke up at three in the morning and was did a deep dive into some things I was working on. I was changing passwords, updating my phone password and how much time and different things. And then I have a group in the mornings I meet with there. We call ourselves the Thrivers and we meet at 545. We would go to 630 and it was a very upbeat lesson, um, uh, audio book and different things. We're working together. And about three quarters of the way into that meeting, I said, guys, I, I got to get off. I'm, I'm exhausted. I have to go lay down. I had meetings back to back starting at eight. So I set my alarm went to lay down and I, I was sound asleep. And all of a sudden I heard this voice, wake up, get up, get out of bed. And I was trying, you ever be lay in bed with your eyes closed, you kind of kick it off the blankets. And I was yep. trying to kick it off the blankets and nothing was happening. And I'm like, what's, what's going on? And then I realized my whole right side wasn't really functioning. So I was able to get the covers off. I had the phone next to my bed there. I picked up the phone and stumbled into the bathroom, uh, sat down on the on the toilet and called my daughter. She's a nurse, my oldest daughter. And I said, Tab, I got her voicemail. And I said, Tab, something's wrong. I'm not sure what. Um, I was asleep and I got up, but my right side's not really, really functioning. But as I was sitting there, I was feeling some strange feelings in my head. And I started to feel like I was getting some function back. And I go, well, maybe it's coming back. Maybe I just slept on it wrong or something. I don't know, but I'm going to go back to bed. But would you call me in a couple of hours just to check on me because something's off. And then I stood up, I started to take a step and I fell completely to the right, hard, solid onto the bathtub, heard a crack but couldn't feel anything. My arm was stuck behind the bathtub and I was just stuck there. And I said, oh, wow. I definitely am having a stroke because I can't feel anything. And I, you know, so I wiggled out of the bathtub and got stuck on the floor. Thank God I still had my phone, but I couldn't dial the phone. My fingers weren't working. I couldn't get anything. But I have this great feature. I tried to do 911. It wasn't going. I couldn't make it happen. So um, I have this uh, quick dial on my phone with pictures. And so I happened to call my daughter, got a voicemail again, called my second daughter, got her voicemail, called my son, got his voicemail. I said, Lord, what's going on? Like, you know, if, if I'm having a stroke, um, there's only a certain window of time that you can get help. Uh, am, am I going to get help? Or am I going to be like stuck here on the floor? There's nothing really I can do. I can't get up. Um, so then I decided just to have a more official prayer. And I said, Lord, I just signed my personal consecration with you like three days ago. Like, what is this? Why would you do this to me after signing my, my personal consecration? Right, right. Okay, maybe you didn't do this, Lord, but why would this happen now? And um, if you really want me, I'm focusing on my business, you know, and I'm, I'm doing this for you. If this is what you want me to do, I need to have full function. I need to have my body functioning to walk and talk. And I need to be able to think I need to be able I need I need to be healed completely. One hundred percent. I claim authority in Jesus Christ given to me through Jesus Christ. 
and in communion with the Holy Spirit, total healing of me and my brain and my body at this point, Lord. Now, if you want to take me home, okay, I'm, I'm willing to go. I mean, there's really like, I don't have any choice, but could you watch over my children and my kids and, and provide for them? Or if you're going to get me help, get me help because I, I, I can't get myself help. I'm, I'm stuck here. And then I just laid there thinking what, what's going to happen. And then I heard, try your phone again. So I went to my phone again. And this time I noticed my son-in-law at the top, top button. And um, he's in the Navy. I pushed the button and he answered. He was, he was at, at duty, but he answered his phone. And I said, Tim, I am, I am in the bathroom. I'm on the floor. I, I, my right side's not working. I, I fell and I think I might've broken some, some ribs. I, I'm having a really hard time breathing. So maybe, maybe my lungs been damaged. I don't know, but I, I need help. Can you get me help? And he said, yeah. I said, I called Tab, but she went to voicemail and she's a nurse. She works nights. So she was sleeping. So he said, sure, no problem. So I managed to get a hold of the apartment complex too that I lived in and said, look, you're going to have to send somebody to open the door. Um, I, I, I'm stuck. And so, okay. So sure enough, I start hearing the doorbell ring and the knock and there's nobody answering the door. Nobody's coming in. I'm like, Lord, I can't open the door. I'm stuck on the floor. I can't move. And so eventually they got in and um, five firemen put me on a tote, carried me out and took me to the local hospital. And they had to fly me from, uh, from Wildemar, Murrieta, California, down to San Diego, <clears throat> where they were um, specialists who could do um, the surgery, right? And as I got there, they said, um, when we got to San Diego, we helicoptered over, the, the doctors asked the anesthesiologist, how long? And they said, 30 minutes. And he said, we don't have 30 minutes. We got to go in now. So there I was on the table, no anesthetics. They were doing their thing. You know, I felt some weird things in my head and I would groan a little bit. And it was like lights flashing and, and stuff. And, you know, they say when you see lights, it's angels. <laughs> so later, I, when I thought about that later, I thought, well, maybe it was angels helping him. Because um, when he, he went in and he said, oh, my gosh, her ICA artery is completely blocked. More than 99%. <clears throat> if I can't get that stabilized, she's done. I had two blood clots in the communication center of my brain. That alone should have taken me out. <laughs> yeah. Wow. He came up. He got done. He comes up and he comes up to my head and he goes, can you move? Can you move your arm? Can you move your arm? And I couldn't move my arm. I said, whoa, because <laughs> then I can move my feet. Everything it was amazing because at first he couldn't get it to stabilize. And I heard him saying, I can't get the stent to, to stabilize. If I can't get it to stabilize, you know, we're, we're done. So they, they did get it to stabilize and. I got to move. And then all of a sudden after that, the pain of the ribs broke out massive and my lung was collapsed. I had 12 to 1400 cc's of blood in my, in my, in my, yeah, in my wow. um, cavity. They had to put in a stint. It was a traumatic December. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> oh man. You know, God was there the whole way. 
being a being a um, a new business owner, I didn't have any active insurance. God provided everything I needed. Um, I was even my my daughter brought me home to her home so that I could be with family as I recover. Um, my daughter, being a nurse and working with rehabs and people with strokes, she kept saying, "This is a miracle." There was no room in the hospital. They told my daughter when she called. There's, I was in, I was in surgery and they said, there's no rooms here for her when she gets out. I don't know what we're going to do. So she goes, there's nothing like here and there's no room for your mom. Right. But they did, they got room. They found room for me in an ICU and it was a clean ICU. There was no COVID. So that was a miracle in and of itself. Now here's the bigger miracle. You know, we kept hearing all year how nobody was allowed to visit family in the hospital. My daughter was by my side every day. That's so cool, man. That's so cool, man. That's great. The doctors would come in and say, you are a miracle. This is a miracle. Nobody heals this fast. You know, at first my tongue was crooked and, you know, I tried to write and my writing would go down to nothing. And, but I was hearing these things going, no, Lord, I claim total healing, you know, this and I go back through this prayer and then I start doing everything I could to exercise my tongue and kind of do what I could and uh, have you hold your arms out and I couldn't do it and you know the whole nine yards but I was bouncing back by the hour you know they would come in several times a day and they were like well not yet not yet and they're like wow the doctors constantly said you're a miracle my daughter would say that too and finally I would just look blankly at them and said my mom doesn't understand what you mean when you tell her she's a miracle you know, so they all started emphasizing to me what most people's recovery looks like. And then I was like, I am a miracle. This is God's miracle. And I'm yeah. going to claim this miracle because I, sometimes I minimize things. And I'm not going to minimize the miracle that God did because that is truly his miracle. And that was a confirmation once more that God wants me doing this business. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's you know. Like, I mean, I, I can't even tell. I mean, you, you, I would have never, if you told me, what are we, we're in March, first part of March. I would have never guessed that you had a stroke three, three, four months ago. Never, never. Exactly. People who knew me wouldn't have known either, but my daughter, bless her heart, on my Facebook page, Candace May Gruber, if you scroll down to December 9th, you'll see where it begins. And she journaled all the things that happened and how severe it was. And I was touched deeply. I was felt, got so much love from people. Um, many lives were touched by the miracle. And then those people who didn't not see me or know that that happened when they did see me, they were like, no way. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. I can't believe, I mean, you look fantastic. I mean, you, you can't tell one bit. I would have never guessed you even had a stroke at any time in your life, let alone four months ago. Thank you. you. Know, yes. That's that is yeah. that's awesome. What a miracle. What a miracle. Well, it, yeah. And you know, it's I think those are the things in life that um, you know, you can now relate to people and help them through even even other dynamics. I mean, you were in the middle of working on your business while you had a health issue. That's no easy thing to overcome either. You know, you got to jump back in the saddle. It's huge. And you know, even though people couldn't see outside. I could feel it inside. I, you know, it took a while. There's a little bit of recovery period. And then your brain has to, to re-get, connect all the synapses in the brain to everything to come back. So I like, I was in the deep 
parts, parts of my business. And I was like, we had meetings, I had things going on, but I couldn't remember what all happened. I had to call, you know, mentors and different people I was working with and go, we had a meeting on this day. Could you revamp for me what we did, what we talked about? And as they did, it all came back, but I had to go back through this process. And the amazing, amazing thing was I had a class scheduled to teach starting January 4th. And I had to decide, am I, am I going to teach this class? Am I capable of teaching this class? Am I going to run into a problem in the process? And I said, well, I prayed about it. And I said, well, this is a great, a great opportunity for me to jump right in immediately and, and see how it goes. And if there's anything you know, not connecting. <laughs> it was great. Um, my clients were like, we can't tell. There's no issue. Um, it, I was a little slow for me. I had to do some prep work and it came back. And now I'm feeling stronger and stronger all the time. I, I don't feel like I had a stroke anymore. Uh, but in that beginning part, I could feel the difference, but nobody else could see it, right? And, so I can relate to people who are going through health issues, who have things, they're recovering, and that internal insecurity they might have as they recover that process. It's huge. But I think the mental state and your, the state of your faith is critical. Amen. Yeah, that's for sure. I believe, you know, our faith drags us through a lot of things. You know, yeah. we got to be picked up sometimes and carried, you know, and, and uh, thank God. Uh, so did you have you how long did it take you to kind of get your memory back? I mean, is it do you feel like it's 100 percent back or? Yeah, I feel like it's 100 percent back. Uh, and it, it was back in January. But the challenge was. When I had to do something, I remember the first day I took my laptop out, I had to log into the medical center or something. I was in tears. I, it was like taking me so long to figure out all of it. And my daughter was sitting by me and she goes, why are you crying, mom? I go, because this is hard. She goes, nobody's going to feel sorry for you that it's taking you a little longer. <laughs> You're doing great. You don't even understand the miracle that you are. <laughs> yeah. I, I said, okay, perspective is everything. So she's right. Yeah. You know, and I, I couldn't do it. It just took me longer. And what took me longer might not have been long to somebody else. But for me, it was long. It, yeah. So wow. it's all, again, it's all about perspective and don't minimize and embrace where you're at. And invite the Lord to come in and work through you, right? Until yeah. uh, claim that claim the healing. Amen. You know, it's it's funny. We we sometimes beat ourselves up more than Jesus would ever beat ourselves. You know, we always picture Jesus. Oh, he's gonna, you know, come down on us or whatever. And and he's not like that. Yet we're that to ourselves sometimes. You know, right. we we don't have the mercy and that we need to be showing ourselves sometimes. And it's hard. You know, yeah. you want to perform. I think as CEOs. It's it's almost natural we that entrepreneurship. It's like nope, we got to go. Let's go. Let's get on it and let's do it. You know, so uh, wow, I that is awesome. How fast you healed and all that. So, well, uh, tell me one one last thing. And and I know uh, I kept you on here quite a while, but uh, what a I mean, totally inspiring uh, story. And I, I really appreciate. It. But what's in your in your business life? Um, been kind of the biggest challenge that you've had lately and is there a difference in handling challenges or a, a big challenge now that you're kind of 
I, I want to say all in, you know, on, on the podcast, but you know, all in with Jesus Christ owning your business and, and, you know, you're, you're submitting to Jesus Christ through, you know, your business. Do you handle like big decisions, big issues a little bit differently or is it different for you? Oh, absolutely. I, I may be moving again, right? I'm here to Valley Center with my daughter. Uh, she's in, she's inviting me to, to they're in the process of buying a property and if there's oh, an uh, additional home on the property that I could live in, which was wonderful. It makes me feel very loved because when I was, you know, by myself, I'm working 24 hours a day, you know, just pounding away and there's more to life. And with COVID, you know, you can't get yes. out. Um, so being here is great. My grandkids are here. I'm in the midst of uh, have my privacy in my office over here when I need it. And then I can step out and be in the midst of the grandkids and, and family. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. I can easily shut off the machine at five o'clock or six o'clock and say, I've got family time now, you know, when it's just you, you can't really do that. So um, God brought all of that together. I know he knows the desires of our hearts and he knows what's most important to us. And he makes all these things happen. So in the midst of the stroke and all that, that went on, he has shifted my situation, right. And given me a total blessing in the process, uh, a reaffirmation of my family and my love and my kids, uh, uh, when it comes to business, having God in those daily decisions, what am I doing? Am I going to niche? Am I finally going to agree that I need to niche? I need to niche. I'm going to niche into women with women in leadership. I'm a woman in leadership. I've been through a lot. Divorce, a child with mental health issues, a child with uh, severe scoliosis needing five hours of surgery and two 16-inch stainless steels in his back and all the trauma that that, that goes through. Uh, I've been through a, a medical issue, a stroke. Um, I, I've had a lot of trials in life um, that God has provided and given answers for. And uh, I can relate to women going through those struggles and women in leadership, they are not excluded. You know, everyone is created equally. So we all can have health issues. Our children can all have challenges. And how do you balance that with work and life and everything else and your faith? So I think women in leadership and helping with transitions and all of that is a, a, a very strong niche that I can help. Helping women to uh, know their worth in a, in a men's industry. Sometimes men in industries don't want women in there, right? Mm -hmm. And how do you embrace that situation? I, I was a woman in IT and uh, so I, I did really well there, but there have been a lot of women who have run into challenges with that, where mm -hmm. so I can embrace them and support them in that process too. All of that came to me stronger as I was growing with my covenant with the Lord and what is it that you want me to do and how am I pursuing this? And as I work with my mentors and I start to niche into emails of various things like Spent a year before that struggling. What am I doing? You know, what is it? What am I going to niche with? What am I going to? And now all of a sudden, as I'm writing these things, these expert market people are going, Candace, that's like right on. And then I have to say, well, that's right on because that came from the Lord because I was trying to do it my way and was running into barriers. And now he's flushing it through and I'm getting validation from people who are going, this, this is good stuff. So, um, that's, those are those, he just he he's part of my day every day 
Amen. Well, that's great. So um, what would you tell women CEOs right now and entrepreneurs, founders? Um, is there something key that you would want to leave with them? Um, because it is it is definitely tougher. I think, you know, I'm, I'm married and I've watched my wife. She, she, you know, luckily works and, and uh, uh, she's just substitute teaching now, but I, I say just, but she's been full time and going through the COVID thing, but it is, you know, no matter what we have four kids and, and we always joke, my wife, you know, I'd be home and the kids would walk right past me and go right to mom. And, and, and the joke is, you know, there is another parent in the house. And, and I think, <laughs> yeah. the, the, you know, the mother-kid bond is so strong that it is. I mean, I, I, the women usually take the brunt at, if they're working outside the home, they're taking the brunt at work and then they're coming home. And whether they like it or not, they're taking the brunt of it because it's almost natural for the child to be like, no, no, I want mom, you know? And, and even to this day, they do it. I just the other day, my son, he was doing his homework and I thought I helped him on. Here comes mom comes home. She gets that done. And you know, she's doing some stuff and he's like, Oh mom, Hey, I got this. Can I ask you this? And it's all this. Time. She's like, why didn't you ask you that? I'm like, yeah, why didn't you ask me? But I think there's this natural tendency to go to mom. And so um, whether you like it or not, the moms get the tough brunt of it on, on both ends. So um, what would you say to, to women out there if there's a little key thing that you'd like to spread the love or the gospel, however you want to, however you want to do it? I would like to see women come into their presence with the Holy Spirit and find their energetic presence as well so that they could be centered and anchored in who they are and have a strong voice in the workplace to know um, that they don't have to take on masculine qualities. A lot of women in the workplace feel like they have to take on masculine qualities and they run with a masculine energy. And that, that leaves them depleted and drained of energy. And it's different than the feminine energy. And if they can learn to tap into the feminine energy, find that they have power in their feminine energy and, and lead with that, they'll, they'll find much more peace. They'll find power and grace in that, where they can be their authentic selves. And they, it can, uh, I have some processes and, and things we work with that can help them deepen their faith, uh, help them find balance in all situations that carry from the business into the home life. Mm -hmm. Amen. Yeah, if they, if they take on that masculine quality, then uh, all the multitasking will be gone. Yeah. <laughs> My wife, she's such a good multitasker, you know, I'm terrible at it. And, and people, you know, they got to bring their qualities to the, to the job, you know, and, and that just makes us all a stronger team. So that's exciting. Well, give me, yeah. a, give me a little bit, uh, you know, give a little bit of information about your company, where people can find out about you and, uh, and hunt you down. On LinkedIn, you can find me at CandaceMay.com, Candace, C-A-N-D-A-C-E, May, M-A-E, Gruber, G-R-U-B as in boy, E-R, Candace May Gruber. And my website is CandaceMay.com, and you'll find everything you need there from my email, phone number, how to set an appointment with me, and all that I do. Wonderful. Well, Candace, thank you so much. And, and I appreciate your time and, and thank you to just being a godly woman and, and stepping out there and doing what you do for the Lord. Um, we need, we need a lot more of you. That's for sure. 
You have just heard from a business owner who is all in with living in covenant with Jesus Christ and has consecrated their business to his work. Business owners desiring to take their lives and company in deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit can take the first step by enrolling at jcceos.com. Thank you for listening. The All In Podcast is a recruiting ministry of the Jesus Christ CEO Institute. God bless you and see you soon.